Hey everyone. So this episode is about some of my love tips that I have gathered um, in counselling in the last 10 years. Just some short, sharp little bangers. Now I just might say before I go right ahead that you'll probably hear the clicking clock that's from like the bloody you know, 1920s or something. So it's got quite the tick. Can you hear that? You might hear my pet magpie or my bulldog, okay? So we're just gonna roll with it. But if they pop up to say hello, just um, don't mind them. So tip one, allow time for transitions in relationships. So there are many periods of transition in long-term relationships, right? So it might be marriage, pregnancy, introducing another child into the family, a pet, it might be moving house, changing jobs, a death of a loved one, retirement and dealing with or dealing and or dealing with an empty nest, so no kids around. So there's other major changes, of course, but these changes that I've just listed are some of the more, more common ones that I see. And they definitely can cause and present challenges in your relationship. And I have found that the most graceful way to move through these transitions is to make allowances for them by allowing plenty of time. So when you make the assumption, for example, that one of these transitions is going to take time, it seems to take the urgency as well as as much of the frustration out of the picture because it allows you time to adjust and settle in. Okay, so the addition of a child to your family is, for example, one of the biggest changes any couple will have to adapt to. So many relationships are not prepared for the emotional introduction of a child and what that means to the the couple, right? So a lot of couples often say BKAK, like before kids, after kids, like before Christ, after Christ, right? And one thing is certainly you probably won't fully understand it until you go through it. And I'm not a mum yet. And so, you know, I often find that I look at mums and I think, oh gosh, from a counselling perspective, I truly know how to uh, advise here. But from an experience perspective, not yet. In saying that, I am a teacher and I was a nanny for eight years. So, you know, I understand the um, children and teenagers, but I haven't yet birthed a child. And, you know, so that comes with a whole realm of um, feelings and hormones and all that. So totally hearing you. But, you know, some people thrive, right, on watching their wives nurture another soul but others will feel isolated and left out during the first year you know so also these transitions are different from couple to couple right and looking back on all these years of counseling it's clear that one of the reasons that people either make it or break it is when they make a commitment together that you are you are to allow plenty of time for the transition and secondly don't expect your lives to be the same and avoid thirdly avoid comparing your new life to how it was avoid comparing what is it ak and bk after kids and before kids because guess what it's you know hello it's a big change and instead of becoming frustrated by the lack of familiarity okay and so it's like you've had this baby it's chaos and all you can think about is what life used to be. Now, 
Remember, comparison is the root of all evil. And why that saying emerged is because it keeps you stuck, okay? When you, um, you know, you transition in a relationship, and that's why I said marriage, even a death of a loved one, like any transitions that happen, any um, speed bumps in the road, you need to slow down while approaching them because remember neuroscience, your brains like what is familiar and they hate what is unfamiliar. This is neuroscience, right? And so your brain is always going to try and draw and pull you towards what is familiar so this is why we are constantly and consistently comparing to what it used to be because it's familiar and when we are in unfamiliar territory we feel unsafe because we feel uncapable and unconfident right but it's a game and the way to make it through the game is time so expecting your lives to be instantly fulfilling is a absolute like I don't know it's gonna it's destructive it, you know you know you're having a kid and thinking oh bliss 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 yeah of course there's a bliss stage and moving a new house it's all fun fun but it's the expectations that break down relationships and the lack of time and comparison to familiarity this is what's going to get you stuck in frustration and this is what then is going to turn into couples bickering right is because they're just not coping and yeah rather than expecting your life to remain the same or trying to recreate the life you are most familiar with just try to be open and accepting to change okay so if instead of packing you allow panicking sorry (laughs) packing packing your pants bloody hell if instead of panicking you allow for plenty of time in your transitions you will just like a dancer gracefully adjust the next step in the process like i always say one step at a time no one ever took two steps at once so that's tip one Alrighty, tip two is don't fight over stupid shit aka don't sweat the bloody small stuff in relationships but more importantly in order to set you free of this bickering cycle that I see so many couples get into we need to know and understand the why now I have to say before I go forward because I might forget is behind every criticism is a hidden wish and let me tell you to save the drama say the blink and wish I think I say that every single day to a couple is look what's the wish underneath the bickering because you are deteriorating and eroding the relationship by constantly bickering and nitpicking so let's flesh this out a little bit more because i see couples arguing and bickering over the most ridiculous things and i'm not being judgmental here i'm trying to help is that people argue over who misplaced the scissors or who's turn is it to take out the trash and which one has more free time and who works harder or you know who has had more fun at last year's family reunion or whatever but people like who's the better driver or who's the more dedicated parent like this is some of the things that I've just heard in the last week and people get furious over having to constantly defend themselves and people get furious that they're doing more in the relationship and things like that and so they start to nitpick like, I, mean, I even know someone who had a massive fight over um 
who, what was it? Um, who put the wrong towels in the wrong cupboard or something like that and it was just huge and I'm sitting back thinking it ain't about the towels the problem isn't the problem it's the way you're reacting to the problem that's the blinking problem here you know what I mean like I was like this is crazy so ironically many couples will tell you that they rarely bicker over truly significant issues and it's so true like then you know something huge comes up and they shut down and it's like hang on a second hang on a second like you're you're okay to bitch and whinge and moan about who did the towels but you're not you're not okay to step up and show up emotionally um, and authentically in a situation where we're talking about you know who feels not loved enough or who feels like um, disconnected and then they shut down and I'm like oh my goodness me so it becomes a bit of a war zone relationship sometimes so let me flesh this out again even more so when you eliminate or even greatly reduce let's say the number of little things that bother you enough to fight about it opens it truly opens the door to a different kind of relationship because the bickering breaks down friendship chemistry and friendship chemistry is one of the most important ingredients in a relationship that's going to have longevity. Now some people um, value friendship chemistry more than others. For example with me it is up there in my number one. Like I need that fun and banter and just being pals you know having each other's back and that fun, playful friendship chemistry. But other people are like, nah, nah, I prefer, um, I don't know, other stuff, but I won't go into it because I'll get off track and bloody hell, we need the train to stay on track, Chelsea Morgan. But when things don't get to you so much and when your patience and perspective are intact, you really, really reinforce or, or re- remind your partner why he or she is so fond of you and your sense of humor begins to come out you become more interesting and introspective and you just you're just plain more fun to be around but when you bicker it's really it's just yuck it becomes like who said she said and you you break down desire in every sense of the word okay and remember that far from being being stress reducing is stress producing remember that so does that make sense I'm just wondering if I said that right but lack of bickering is stress reducing but bickering is stress producing that's what I was going with so if you're fighting over stupid things drop it figure out why you're nitpicking what's the wish underneath and say it own up, be vulnerable, get to the point, don't beat around the bush. And what you'll begin to see that when you get annoyed and bothered enough to fight over stupid things, what you're really doing is defining yourself as a partner who is unable to stay focused on the gifts and the strengths in your relationship. And this can be a pretty big realisation and it's an important insight, okay? Because once you turn your judgments around in this manner and see how you are contributing to the problem rather than constantly bickering and pointing the finger, you can begin to shift away from this tendency to bicker and one, you'll say the wish, but two, you can see your input and part in it, take your power back and 
not let the little things get to you because what often happens is an unaddressed wish within the relationship comes out in nitpicking and bickering. It's that simple, all right? So make a decision to be happy, right? And that is more important than being stubborn. And soon enough, this could be a habit that will change the course of your entire relationship forever. Tip two, over. Okay, tip three is avoid the I've had a really hard day habit. Okay, you might be thinking, well, hang on a second, it's healthy to vent. Absolutely not saying that. But let me tell you that I've had a really shitty day habit and cycle that can be destructive to your relationship. So it's very necessary and it's very cleansing to vent. But also this is a very seductive and dangerous habit to get into because we can offload onto our partner far too much and expect far too much of them. If you want to have a good vent and you've had a really hard day at work and it is consistently and constantly getting you down, you need to call a counsellor. It is not your partner's job to be your counsellor and to listen to all the burdens of your day because like you, they have also probably had problems in their day, you know? So going back, this is a very seductive and dangerous habit to get into and you can take it too far. It's easy, really easy for this type of daily sort of review and release to become a way of life and to become a primary focus of conversation. And then it gets into an addictive habit. Um, And of course, what you focus on, you move toward, right? And where energy, where focus goes, energy flows. So if you are focusing on your negative, you're going to get negative, right? And that's just a simple scientific psychology equation. And, you know, type it into Google, that saying, and all this neuroscience research and um, quantum physics scientific research will come up to prove that actually what you focus on, you get more of. And where focus goes, energy in your life flows. Um, yeah, and if you've got a lot going on, that's where a counsellor is important, not your husband or wife or partner, okay? Because the reality is plenty goes wrong for all of us, all right? And I always say once the kettle's boiled, the kettle's boiled. I simply don't compare people's pain. I don't say, oh, her life's worse than his life and rah, 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 because then it's undermining people's struggles and I don't like that. And I believe that we all go through periods of suffering. Some people worse than others, absolutely. And I have so much compassion for people that go through endless amounts of obstacles in life. But I certainly don't undermine and um, sort of push aside the people that have had really joyful lives and not much go wrong, you know. So anyway, getting off track again. But we all suffer at dif- in different, um, you know, Plenty goes wrong for all of us, right? And there's a Buddhist story and I'll quickly just recap this because it backs what I'm saying about suffering. Anyway, there was this person, I'm just, it's off the top of my head, right? So I'm going to get some things wrong, but the moral will be correct (laughs) or the lesson, let's say. So 
someone goes to Buddha and they have like man or woman, I don't know. A person goes to Buddha with a baby and the baby's dying. And he says, please save me. Like I can't go through this suffering. It's breaking my heart. And Buddha says, okay, if you can get mustard from somebody's house who isn't experiencing suffering or hasn't experienced suffering in their life, then I will make up a potion for you out of mustard and it will cure your baby. So of course this person went and drastically knocked on each and every person's door in the neighborhood trying desperately to get this mustard to save their baby. And of course each and every house that he knocked on, they were either experiencing suffering or had experiencing suffering. And so he came back to Buddha and he said, I didn't find it. And Buddha said, yeah, that's the lesson is that, you know, we all suffer. That's the moral of the story in some degree. And once the kettle is boiled, the kettle is boiled. And we don't want to get into a habit in a relationship that when you sit down for dinner, you talk about how hard of a day you've had because it's just not fun. And I've seen lots of couples that focus on negativity and venting in their relationship and it sucks the life out of the relationship, the desire, the connection, the chemistry. It's a real blanket over your fire, okay? And um, also, I must say, if something came to mind just before is that when you sit down to have dinner, and you start talking about negativity, this is a bit of my woo-woo stuff, you are going to produce, and science, you're going to produce those hormones and chemicals in your brain that are reflective of negativity, right? And so they are not the ones that help you digest food. So you are actually going to create stress hormones and negative hormones in your body that are going to that are counterproductive to digestion and rest and restore because you're going to have that yeah alert system and nervous system on that is not the resting nervous system but I won't go into that because that's not what this is about so just be careful of that because if you have digestive and stomach issues maybe you're a bit of a focus on the negative kind of person and we don't want that in your life you know Look, and every once in a while, all of us need a listening ear. And upon occasion, it's it's perfectly okay and healthy to vent. I'm not saying that, but it's getting into the loop of a daily, I had a hard day and listing everything that's crappy and nothing that's positive. That is a bit of a problem. I like to say, hey, how was your day? And if they go into negativity, I like to say, okay, let's talk about some positives and negatives and balance it out. Like life's a balancing act. All right. Life is a balancing act. Step, oh no, not step, tip three over and out. Okay, another tip, tip, don't know, but another one. (laughs) Don't put your partner on the spot and side note is think before you speak. All right, so don't put your partner on the spot. This is a good one. Now, I want you to imagine that the we're going back to the 90s the home phone rings and you don't know who's on the other end it's not like the mobile phone where you can see who ring who's ringing and kind of screen it I want you to go back to either the 90s where you couldn't tell who was on the phone you were like hello Chelsea speaking and then you realize it's Sandra from down the street and you can't hang up because she's already turbo tonguing it or 
Your partner comes in and says, oh, hey, um, Sarah's on the phone here. You want to chat here? And you can't say no, right? I, I, I can hear all the angst and frustration on the other end of to my listeners going, oh, I so know that it's so annoying. Or when someone rocks up to your house and you just – you're not ready. I mean, like this happens to me all the time. I'm half nude, dressing gown, you know, bloody not, you know, magpie flapping around. Like it's just not great for people to rock up and they do. And I'm thinking, oh shit, you know, and it's frustrating and it's somewhat disrespectful because it, the person that just rocks up is saying, I mean more than your time in your life. And I just, it grinds my gears. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. Um, so Don't put your partner on the spot. This is super important because it builds frustration and resentment, okay, and payback as well. And we just just don't want that. Um, And the side note here is that think before you speak. Now, I have a bit of a formula for this one because think before you speak is something that I used to be bloody shocking, you know, like I would just fly off with my mouth. I call it the... um, I, caught it, I was talking to my friend this morning and I said to her, I've got that bloody tongue wiggle fever. <laughs> and I'd never said that before. And I thought, I'm going to use that. And I really used to, you know. I mean, I still do. But the tongue wiggle fever was full on in when I was a teenager. And I would say things without thinking or speaking, speaking say things without thinking the consequences or how that might be perceived or received the other end and it just was very destructive and damaging to relationships and I don't want that for my couples right so I always say think before you speak and if that's too hard create a formula so that you're concise with what you say because no one wants a front of emotion with no focus so I always say use the formula I feel dot 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 because dot 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 that's it I feel dot 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 because dot 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 and you can even add in so I need please dot 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 and with the I need please there can be time frames and that's got to be fleshed out now There's a whole theory of communication here and if you're interested in this, please give me a call and we can flesh it out in counselling because I feel dot, dot, dot because dot, dot, dot looks different for everyone and there's many other um, lines, let's say, in this script but I'm just going to keep it simple for the podcast and stick to I feel and because, okay? Because when we make our communication concise and to the point, it makes our other half feel not so overwhelmed and therefore they can find a solution for us and they can show up in the relationship. But when they are met with this front of emotion and this unfocused front of emotion that is full of, you know, criticism and talking down and name calling and just not nice stuff that we do before we think, they could shut down, they could not show up in the response and therefore it's counterproductive to what you want so two things don't spring things on them because we know what that feels like I just role played it at the beginning um we don't like it so don't spring conversations on your lover and think before you speak when you want to have a conversation and let me tell you that will mean a hell of a lot 
of more smooth sailing in your relationship when you stick to those formulas and equations, let's say. Like I say, I ain't good at maths, but I know that one. All right, guys. Um, yeah, write in, by the way, if you have any tips that you'd like to hear about. So some people have said to me, oh, please give me communication tips. Or some people say, oh, please give me tips on how to create desire and connection because we're like a wet sock these days. So write in, please direct message me, email me, anything you want to hear about, I'd be happy to talk about. All right, next tip coming up. Alrighty, tip four, last tip of the episode is stop wishing that your partner were different, okay? So when we love someone, it's tempting and perhaps inevitable, I would say, to fall into a trap of yearning for a slightly better, in quotation marks, partner. So this doesn't actually necessarily mean that you want a different partner, only that we wish the partner we had were a little different from the way they actually were. And it's human nature to focus on the negatives but we need to not we need to step out of that nature okay what I mean is that it's it's very common in human beings to focus on the negatives it's part of our survival um, patterning and networking and in our you know um, in our brain and in our system that's where I'm getting to it's part of our system as human beings to look at the negatives because it's part of our survival coping skills right but it doesn't help and a lot of things that our brains do like our brains move us towards carbs and sugar and unhealthy stuff is not always healthy right so we sometimes need to fight against our own instinct and nature sometimes and this is a realm that is very apparent that we need to fight against our instinct which is nitpicking and focusing on the negatives once again so lots of people is lots of people sorry in my experience what they have done is that they would say things like if only they would do it this way or if only they would do this then I will be happy for goodness sake if they could just do this and it would take the pressure off me if they would just come home and be like this I wouldn't be so stressed now what that's doing is giving your power away. You are being irresponsible when you are waiting for your partner to change or shape up in some way or change to meet your expectations. Therefore, you'll be happy. Like that is a dying game. You're literally giving your power and your happiness to the hands of your partner. Now, one, it's not their bloody responsibility to make you happy. That's your responsibility. And second, you can't wait for them to change until you're happy because what if they never want to change? You know, that's just, you know, that uh, you're just going to stay in frustration and unhappiness until they change. No, don't be silly. You can't say, oh, golly, I'm not going to be happy until they are. No, you choose happiness regardless. So you may even feel slightly resentful to your partner um, for preventing you from being happy, but it's not their fault. I mean, I could easily convince myself or anyone could convince themselves if only Jake was more like this then I'd be happier. But, you know, what if he's not? We've just got to love them unconditionally and genuinely for how they are at present and stop 
trying to wait for change. I'm only, I'm very passionate about this one because I've done it so many times and you know, you live in your land, don't you? But you know, where was I at? Remember as well that one finger pointing, so get your, get your fist or your hand and point a finger away from you. Now, look at your hand, look down. How many fingers are pointing back? Three, you're the common denominator. Every time you point a finger at someone and say, they are this, they are that, there's three pointing back. That means what you see in others you see in yourself or is a representation of self. Now, if you're like, they're lazy when they pick up the, um, like when they shape up in some way, then I'll be happy. How are you not shaping up? Ooh, we don't like that one, do we? But hey, this is me giving you the powerball. This is me saying your life is your responsibility. You cannot put your happiness in the hands of someone else. It's fickle. It's fragile. It's, it's stupid. It's just bloody not well. So take note of your dissatisfactions, ladies and gents, and look at the part that you play. Look at the part that you want your partner to different ha- be different. How do you share that? And what would happen if you decided to love them just the way they are? Acceptance. I have a free ebook, guys. It's on my Instagram, The Collective Therapy, in the link tree, in the link in the bio. Click on that, go to the free ebook and and take the no, go to the free ebook and it outlines acceptance. But prior to that, do the quiz. All right. And one of the biggest keys to trust and respect and having a happy relationship is acceptance. And this is why it's so important. If you just finally just embrace acceptance and take them on no matter what unconditionally you will feel a genuine love and you will just stop being frustrated and resentful and you take your power back so sometimes you know being in a relationship ain't easy and we we need to step outside of stubbornness and into responsibility and being an adult and just showing up and stepping up That is the last tip of the episode, guys, but I'm going to continuously do these little tips, five-minute bangers, Um, and yeah, because I think it's it's fun, isn't it? If you would like a um, little exploration of a topic that's showing up in your relationship and just getting under your bloody skin, shoot it my way, and I'm more than happy to talk about it on a episode. Otherwise, please remember I have my Contemporary Couples three-month-long course, which is completely transformational of a couple um, to a couple, I should say. And I work my butt off in all realms, um, you know, spiritual realms, sexuality, sexual realms psychology, um, you know, triggers, patterns, personality. So you guys get to know each other so wholly and so deeply that connection, intimacy and desire just flows back into the relationship. Love it, love it, love it. And you even get an RTT hypnotherapy course which rewires anything that you want to bugger off so it's it's really good I work life in the fast lane I believe in fast transformation no one has time for endless counseling so if you dedicate and invest in three months of your life into your relationship voila we will get your relationship to where you want it to get to take care guys bye